Welcome to Radical Abundance. I'm your host, Teresa Jansen, and today's guest is Jody Thomas. Jody is a health and wellness coach as well as a hope dealer, and she knows all about what it is to have hope because she first had to find the one who gives hope. Jody, welcome to Radical Abundance. It's great to have you on the show today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Teresa. Well, I want to just jump right into your story because I know anyone who can describe themselves as a hope dealer and has, who has found purpose in their life, their physical life as a health and wellness coach, their spiritual life, their emotional life, it's never just happens. There's always a journey that takes people to that point. So take us back a bit to the beginning of that journey before you had it all together and were the totally collected and with it woman I see before me today. What was life like for you back then? Well, life didn't turn out the way I planned. And one thing I wanna talk about is 25 years ago, we adopted two children. My husband was a pastor of an inner city church in Nebraska and we had a dog. He was a tiny Sharpay and we kept him out on our front porch and we met our kids that way. So never underestimate the power of a dog. God used our, our dog to bring our two kids into our lives. And long story short, we knew them for several years and we tried to help the birth mom for several years get treatment for various issues. And then when they were homeless and they were going to have uh, have to go into foster care. God led me to write a word picture that about a bird, birds, and a mama bird taking care of her baby birds and teaching them how to fly in the nest was the best way for these kids to succeed. And God used that word picture to lead these kids to us. And it it's been a long journey, and there there was some hopelessness at times. But I'm here to. Uh, share the, the hope of persevering through what God has called you to do. So the adoption journey, I know, can be one with a lot of ups and downs. And a lot of different people experience that at different stages. And it's very different. Of course, every family is unique. And every adoptive family is also unique. And there's a difference between adopting a child as an infant and as an older child just share with with us a bit more about your journey. Sure. Well, I think we went into it blindly, naively, and especially because it was a different avenue to adoption. We knew the kids. And so I did not expect the rejection and especially towards a female because they feel loyal to their birth mom. So I just um, didn't experience that cuddly uh welcome as an adoptive mom that I thought there was a lot of rejection. There's chaos because the kids were um, just never really had a stable home. And uh, looking back, I realized just how broken they were that had broken hearts and broken wings. And I wish I released those expectations in hindsight. And, you know, I did serve them and love them, but I think if I had just um, more realistic expectations, it would have been easier so there was just a lot of chaos and I remember taking them to a counselor and uh, the teacher wanted me to take our daughter to a counselor to get assessed for ADHD and they did have you know ADHD learning disabilities but I said to this counselor 
I said, do you think I'm crazy for adopting these kids? And her response was just what I needed to hear at that time. She said, crazy like you is what the world needs more of. And it was just an encouragement that, that God brought these kids into her life and we just had to keep at it. But there was, uh, it, then I took them another counselor and it, finally they explained attachment disorder to me and just a lot of things that our kids, you know, experiences from unprocessed trauma and their brokenness, you know, is, is just acted out in the home of, you know, not trusting, lying, stealing. Um, and it can make the adoptive parents feel hopeless and angry and depressed at times. And I know parenting in general is hard, but I want to encourage, you know, people out there who want to give up just to hang in there because I'll get to where we are today later. <laughs> you know, Jody, that's a really dangerous question that you asked. And anytime you ask someone, am I crazy too? You know, there, <laughs> I know that you're thinking that. What am I doing? What did I get myself into? Yeah. And you talked about expectations. And you know that word about expectations, that I think leads people to a lot of disappointment, frustration, mm -hmm. all of those things, because we design what we think our family is going to look like, what our family should look like, and how people are going to behave. We make mm -hmm. that all up in our mind, and then when it doesn't come out that way, that can be really hard. And so what yes. was your initial response to that in the context of your family? What did that look like? I think uh, angry, and which is really you know hurt, is underneath anger, that I let fester as bitterness and hopelessness. And, and I think, you know, we're both all about living abundantly, John 10, 10. But the first part is that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us abundant life. But I think um, I've been stuck in that bitter mode because of my expectations and hurt. Um, but thanks be to God, I'm not there now. But it, it was very tough times. And um, just when our dreams, you know, I think we all have broken dreams and broken hearts, and that can lead to bitterness. So, Jody, when you say that things got difficult, give us an example. Tell us a little bit of how difficult you mean when you say things got difficult. For when our son turned 19, instead of going to his high school graduation, he ended up in the county jail, which was right down the street from the church where my husband was a pastor at. And that was very, very difficult. He uh, started, started hanging around the wrong crowd in his 11th year of high school. And I did my best to try to fix him and keep him out of trouble. And uh, sadly, he ended up in the New Jersey Department of Corrections, uh, where I had to visit him through the plexiglass and his orange outfit. It was crushing seeing him with uh, the shackles on his wrist and behind his back. And I didn't get to hug or hold him for four years. We didn't get a family picture for four years. And it was very crushing. My hopes and dreams were crushed by those prison doors. And this sweet little boy who we met through our dog when he was five, it just, in my mind, didn't belong there. But uh, so my heart was broken then. But God, uh, he's doing wonderfully today. I have to wonder, being a pastor family, pastor's wife, pastor kids, even though, you know, they're adoptive and all that stuff, there still can be a lot of pressure in the church. What was the response from your church family as well as the general Christian family? 
I'd say it was mixed, um, but we didn't get a, a lot of support. And th there were other families in the church too who had birth children who were in the same prison. And uh, I, I think some people, you know, did judge us, but I think God did put people who understood that. Um, in one of our churches, there was another family who had adopted children and who had struggled as well. So I think there was support, although, you know, I, I still think some judge us because people don't really understand, you know, that we didn't have them from birth and how, you know, just that there's a different set of issues we are dealing with. God gave us God wings along the way. At one point, um, I this was way back in the beginning on Valentine's Day, I got a package from my mother-in-law's Bible study. She sent a care package with just cards and one card said stick with it in 10 years you'll be glad you did it you know one person sent like 20 dollars go um get some ice cream for family together and so it's just god gave little encouraging things even though you know things were tough and some people didn't always support and understand but there are many people who did pray and encourage us so that was good well, I'm glad that you had some people who were encouraging along the way. And one of the things I had to learn myself the hard way when it comes to our church family is that each and every person is at a different point in their journey. And mm -hmm. their expectations also are there and are interfering with their relationships and things like that sometimes. And so when someone doesn't respond the way that you anticipate that they may, we have to remember that they're on their journey and they are learning something through the process. And we might be a part of that. I've certainly had experiences, even with my kids who were not adopted. I had them from birth. So I was their primary influence. And still, of course, they make choices that are not the choices I would have liked for them to make. Um, mm -hmm. They're human beings and they're individual human beings who have free will and will make their own journey. And that's part of their road that God will deal with them on. And as a parent, oftentimes we feel like our success or failure as a parent is based on our children's choices. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true, especially right. as our kids get older. So I'm glad that God gave you some of those God wings, but tell me a little bit more about how that journey then progressed from that point and how are things going now in your family? Sure. So I remember sitting in church and I we had a guest preach where my husband didn't preach and our son had just kept making worse and worse. He kept getting chances in legal, situa legal situations and kept messing up and then he ended in prison and my heart just got kept getting broken and broken again. And I remember just saying, that's it. I, I'm going to give up because I can't stand the pain. And this pastor looked at me during a sermon and said, some of you want to give up on your kids. And I'm telling you, don't. And like you said, it's just not only just adoptive uh, parenting, but just parents in general, uh, kids are, can be frustrating. And I wanted to give up, but God just said, surrender him to me, but don't give up. So we supported him and I actually had to quit my job. Uh, my husband was serving as a pastor in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. So we moved, I moved back to New Jersey for six mm -hmm. months and helped him uh, graduate mm -hmm. from intensive supervised parole program, where if he failed, he would have gone to prison for four years. Mm -hmm. 
but through uh, the grace of God and lots of prayers and support, he graduated and moved out to South Dakota with us. And now fast forward several years, he is a wonderful husband, a wonderful father. He has a three-year-old redhead. We have a three-year-old redheaded granddaughter. And it's just wonderful to see. He wrote um, a beautiful thing on my husband's Facebook wall for Father's Day, just about thanking, thank you for adopting me. Thank you for making me into the man and father and husband I am today. So I, I just thank God. But it took took many, many years to get to that point. We just had to persevere and not quit and surrender but I thank God that he's doing so well today. I think there are parents out there listening to this today who feel like they have not heard those words, thank you. And that mm -hmm. can be hard. It's a hard season mm -hmm. of parenthood when you feel like yes. you are sacrificing a lot and you are giving a lot and you are trying your best and maybe not perfect, but you're really trying. I think it's mm -hmm. important to hear from someone like you who eventually the thank you comes. Eventually it sinks in. And so there's hope. And yes. how do you hold on until you get there? Yeah. Well, I think we, we got to hold on to, to God and look at what God has done for us. I had one counselor, you know, tell me I had to relinquish and surrender them. So I already mentioned that just had to, continually surrender your kids to the Lord, but also, you know, for me, I just want to fix and, and just to, to, to surrender, but be careful about not being codependent because I've been there too, but just surrendering and supporting. But another counselor said, you know, just that, just that we adopted these kids like God, God adopts us as his children. And I just want to touch briefly on, um, what happened with our daughter when she was in her early twenties. And that seems to be a tough time for kids in general when I've talked to biological parents or adoptive parents. So we came down to see our daughter and uh, we hadn't seen her and we wanted to take her to the movies and go out to dinner and she did not show up. So it was rejection again, you know, we were there and we wanted to um, do something with her. And I just remember crying in church and because I just felt like our love was rejected again. And it's amazing that through that time, Godwin uh, was, was leading me through a Bible study on Hosea and his redeeming love for his people. And again, encouraged me just the right time that we need to keep loving Christina. Like we had to keep loving our son and not giving up on her. And it really was a period of about five years where we were very disconnected and did not see her very much, did not have a relationship with her. And again, uh, hang in there for parents who are going through this because that was the early 20s. Now they're both in the early 30s. And we live an hour from our daughter, Christina, and uh, our granddaughter. She's an eight-year-old. And we just spent uh, yesterday raspberry picking with them. And we talk several times a week. So again, that's a very short um, overview of just just the difficulty it's been, but how God uh, has brought us through that. And I think just looking to God and um, what he's done for us and staying true and persevering when with circumstances that are tough. You know, people. they say that love is a two-way street, but you know, sometimes it's not. 
sometimes it only yeah. goes one way yeah. and so, or it might be two way, but it's not going both ways at the same time, you know? Yeah. And you have and to love the way we it's want. It's not 50-50. It's 100% in there or 110% in there when you choose to love someone. And it's, yeah. it can't be conditional based on them loving you back. And yet, mm -hmm. tell me, Jody, how do you keep from being a doormat in the middle of all of this? Yes, good point. Um, I think just uh, I have some good friends who supported me and talking with it, but also just, I mean, we need to, the, the serenity prayer is so important. We do need to take care of ourselves and have that life from God poured into us and help, you know, plugging into God's strength and surrounding ourselves with support and, you know, and just praying to see, okay, where am I, you know, need to take care of myself along with, with parenting. So I think just, you know, just um, taking care of yourself and finding fun things to do and finding people to pour into you and, and plugging into the power of God and letting God can obviously get your strength and hope from him. Well, I like what you said about taking care of yourself. And I, I don't know this because you and I haven't talked about it, but it was all of this part of where you really got tuned into the whole health and wellness area also has, did this journey impact your uh, goals and helping people really take charge of their physical health in the midst of difficult circumstances? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm a health coach. I've been in the health and wellness field over 20 years, but I do want to say that um, in hindsight, I think the stress of, of trying to control the kids and trying to control a situation, if I had surrendered it before and really kind of letting go of things that I couldn't, um, that like the stress of the kids impacted my health negatively. <laughs> so part of my passion for health now is to, uh, as a health coach and being a personal trainer, I've been in the health and wellness field for 20 years. But part of it really is the mindset and releasing that stress and focusing on God because it, it was very, it is difficult going through very stressful situations and not having it affect your health negatively because it does, it, it's not good for our health when we try to control things we can't, right? <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. It's not good for our health. Well, I can't believe that our time has just about come to an end, but I want to give you an opportunity to deal a little bit of hope. Before we go, what do you yes. want to leave us with today? Well, I want to leave you with Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Several years ago, our daughter wrote on our Facebook wall, thank you, mom and dad, for being the best parents I could ask for and for teaching me how to fly. And so that goes back to the beginning. Sorry, I still get tears in my eyes just that when God's called you, if you're in a time of suffering where you need to persevere or just, you know, in, in a circumstance that you feel over your head, just surrender, never quit and let God heal your broken heart. And remember Hebrews 6, 19, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. And I do want to say, I just, I'm looking forward to reading your book, Radical Abundance and all the stories of hope and healing because God we need to cling to his hope in tough times and know that we can live abundantly despite the storms and challenges. He has an abundance of, a radical abundance of hope for us. And Jody, I do wish you a radically abundant day. I hope you find that today and you have certainly brought some radical hope into our lives. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. You too, Teresa. Thank you. You know that book that Jody was just talking about? 
Well, it's available right now. Just head over to TeresaJansen.com and check out the bookshop 